right, here we go. It is podcasting time. It is the PowerWorks podcast with Glenn Power from PowerWorks. And we're going to be talking cars for, you know, the next little bit and repairs and things to keep in mind as the seasons are changing and car sales, they're, they're happening. People are buying them. They're coming back into the market. So there's lots of things to start thinking about. And as always, it's great to be able to sit down with Glenn and talk about the garage and what's coming in, what's not. And a big shout out to the folks who are watching us on YouTube. Hello and welcome. And of course, Spotify videos and Spotify where we put our content and it gets distributed around the world. 100.3 in the UAE is listening. Hello, all of you folks who are on your drive here, there and everywhere. Great to have you along for the ride. And just generally, you know, this is a lot of fun. I really, truly enjoy doing this. Yeah, we need to get an audience out of that, don't we? <laughs> can, can you imagine if we had an audience no. here in the garage? For those of you, if you're not watching on the video, we are literally in a... a shoebox office. Yeah, a shoebox <sighs> office in the back of the garage. So you will hear periodically things happening. Yeah. But that's what keeps it real. But if you hear it, because you've left it in. <laughs> because you can edit that out. So it's either because you think it adds to the uh, ambience or just yeah. can't be asked to remove it. <laughs> Simple. There's also the, there's a, you, you, we've all heard of the Bermuda Triangle and all these things. Well, this podcast ha- can have a negative effect on my vehicles. And it's been known. We were a, a podcaster. <laughs> yeah, each week, a podcast or two ago, we were talking about radiators and coolant, etc. And, I came in the next week and I said, hey, can you just take a look at my brakes? And, and you looked and you said, hey, you still got half the pads there. You're good to go. And I thought, excellent. It's not even two hours later. I'm at home, park the car, go inside, grab a cup of chai, come out. And I'm looking under the front of my car and there's a little puddle. And I'm thinking, oh, no. Like, what could this possibly? So being dutiful, I climb under the car to see where this has happened. And because of where the leak was and that I have two of these vehicles, I have seen this before and took one look and I went, it's a coolant leak. No, not, not a huge coolant leak, but a coolant leak all the same. It's still cool. So I'm thinking, thank, thankfully this didn't happen on some highway when it's 50 degrees and, and et cetera, but it was a coolant leak and it was exactly what we've been talking about in our podcast about modern radiators, the amount of plastic on them and these plastic tanks that are on the side reservoirs that are on the sides of your radiator that crack over time and mine cracked small leak, but a leak all the same. And, ah, so I followed the rules. We're going to talk about that right There's now, actually, really quickly. Very simple, however, very strict, non-negotiable rules with a coolant leak. Yeah. So what? So this the the other reason I wanted to bring this up is I have seen several people suffering from this now. So when you're when you have a coolant leak and you recognize that green or reddish water yep. that's underneath your vehicle, you then start noticing it everywhere. And yeah. so you're, you're parked at an Enoch station happened to me the other day. I parked at an Enoch station was, was contemplating one of their five hot dogs. <laughs> I chose none, but I come out and I, the car beside me is pulled away and there's quite a pool of coolant. I'm going, Oh man, I wish I could warn that guy, but he's already gone, but that's a clear coolant leak. So you just mm. start seeing it. And the number of vehicles I'm seeing pulled over at the side of the road with people with the bonnet or the hood up and they're pouring water in their vehicle. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just cringing going again. We got a coolant issue. Yeah. So, this is this will happen to everyone at some point in their life with their car. Hopefully, you're getting regular maintenance so that it, you're at least protected from it, or it's minimized. But it's going to happen. What do we do, Glenn? Yeah, look, one of the one of the things to remember about cooling systems on on internal combustion engines is they're pressurized. So if it does overheat then the pressurized system is only designed to withstand a certain amount of pressure. So usually that pressure will vent off. So you can have a coolant leak, which then causes the coolant level to deplete. So then you will overheat because you don't have sufficient coolant. Or you can have an issue with a component, which causes the coolant to get too hot, which then causes it to leak through where it's supposed to leak on the pressure relief valve. So even if you have 
an older type where the radiator has a pressure cap in it and there's an overflow tank, which is what you have on the Wrangler, or whether you have a more sort of typically more modern type where there's a, a pressurized expansion tank and either one you will lose through the the relief valve. But the thing is, if you have overheated at the side of the road, whether it's through lack of coolant because of a leak or through an issue, you shouldn't be opening the tank and topping up with coolant. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't be doing that because the the dangers involved in that, not to say it can't be done if you do it carefully and safely, but it, it's dangerous and you shouldn't be doing it at the side of the road. It's not only are you endangering yourself with what you're actually doing, but you're also leaving yourself a sitting duck at the side of the road for somebody yeah. to have an accident. You're quite a big target. Well, some of the, some of the things I've heard is, first of all, as soon as you see that gauge going up, you might notice some white smoke coming out of your car yeah, under yeah. the hood. Turn off your air conditioning. Get over to the right hand side of the road, not the left hand side yeah. on the the internal. Yeah. Don't that's yeah. that is a danger zone. Yeah, it's just difficult then to get a recovery vehicle exactly. over to you or anything. You're going to be waiting for the police to come, yeah. and and you know what? Get over to the right hand side. Big shoulders. Just do what you got to do. Pull over. Turn off your car. Yeah. Yeah, get the engine off straight away. You and know. At, at that point, the first thing everyone wants to do is get out and open up the hood. And I think the first thing you need to do is go to the back of your car, get your triangle out, your deflector, walk back 100 meters, put that thing up, and then walk back to your car and then start contemplating, all right, am I going to open up this hood? Yeah, I look at the side of a, at the side of a main road, if, you, if you're just on the, on the hard shoulder, it just isn't advisable to do that. Yeah. There's no leave the hood down. There's no benefit to you in doing that, really. I think the the mindset is I'm going to open up the hood to let out the warm air. And <laughs> I, I don't know I, what the mindset I'm, is. I'm but thinking that's. I mean, it, it's yeah. just I'm going to let the smoke out, whatever it is, it, and let the vapor out, let it cool down. Which don't do it. Leave the hood down. It does at this point. It's not going to help you. It's not a good idea at the side of the road. It's just a dangerous activity. You just put yourself in a dangerous position in a dangerous location and it's just not something we'd recommend and, and you know the idea of oh i'll let it cool down and i'll go again there's a land rover sat there that's overheated three times and those three overheating episodes whatever you want to call them combined and it ultimately a gasket failed <sighs> so you don't want to push these things, you know, like as soon as the, the problem with overheating is you overheat, as I said, either because of lack of coolant or a component error, mm. both of them are going to deplete your coolant level in the engine. As it, as I, as I said, it's either leaking or it overpressurizes and leaks out into the expansion and overflow. What then happens is you then have steam going around your system yeah. and, and steam uh, uh, does a lot of damage to gaskets but also <clears throat> sorry you've also got the fact that you have alloy material engines now they're not you know not mm. cast iron like they used to be and these things warp and they yeah. they warp quite quickly at temperature and you know if you then if you then start an engine open let's say the overheating is it, it has caused let's say it has caused the head gasket to go and that's like oh no worst case scenario it really isn't worst case scenario because What's going to happen then if you run it with the head gasket already gone? There's then a clear channel between what 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 fails with an overheat with the head gasket is it fails between the coolant jacket, the water jacket, and this combustion cylinder, the combustion chamber. Okay, so there's multiple um, parts going on in the engine. So the coolant then is going into the cylinder. So then what will happen is the coolant will get into the cylinder and it'll slowly, slowly build up till it hydraulics the engine, which means basically you can't compress a liquid and right. an engine is trying to compress some one of its strokes. So you will then have the engine jam itself to a stop, but except there's three other, in a four-cylinder engine, there's three other uh, cylinders trying to move and, and two of them in the opposite direction, and they will mean that it won't stop, so it will bend something or break yeah. something or come out the side of the engine, and it really just isn't, you know, a head gasket, 10 thousand dirhams on average to to fix that's a lot of money like i mean it, i mean cars in general there there are repair costs but i just don't have ten thousand dirhams you know <coughs> it, it hanging around for a stupid error no but you then have to say if you go beyond that you can very quickly become 
get to the stage of an uneconomical repair. Yeah. So for, for just not being a little overcautious. It's, look, it's horrible. To, uh, to to break down is 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 horrible, and to break down overheated is worse because you've got to turn your engine off, and it's hot yeah. here all the time yeah. in the UAE. It's always hot. Which is why I always remember make sure I pack some liquids. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, always, you know, always get out of the car. Is what it is. There's nothing you can do, and take shelter if you can from the sun. But well, and, you and know, part of it is if you're pulling over onto the side of the road because you've got something, it's get away from your car a little yeah, bit yeah, because yeah. some someone might speed past. They might be too close. If you're on the highway, people yeah. are going fast, and there's always the potential someone's looking. And they hit your car. Yeah, yeah. Or you, because you're around your car, or even worse, you're in front of your car. You're a smaller target than your car. Yeah. But if you're stood near your car, your car can be hit and you hit, then hit yeah. you. It's just not worth it. It's it's really not a good position to be in. I understand it, but you're going to be without that car for a lot longer if you yeah. just carry on driving it regardless. So let's jump into the second part of this. Typically, car overheats. <laughs> We open up the bonnet. We open up the hood. Don't do that, but we do. And then you get three or four guys standing around the front of the car who know nothing about cars, mm. and they're looking. Joy Woo Woo would appreciate this because I always see that, and I always imagine the the guys looking and going, "That's a mighty fine looking manifold you got there." Like that's, I, I think that's the core of what they're talking about because they know nothing. And as if you're watching on on our YouTube channel or Spotify, by the way, you can watch our Spotify videos. Glenn just took a big gulp of water from his water bottle. Someone pulls out the water bottle and starts pouring water. Who knows where, but I see people usually from a distance pouring water to seemingly cool down overheating engine parts. Yeah. And I cringe because what are you doing? It's just not. It's, 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 uh, there's no reason to do it at the side of the road they're, they're genuinely if you have an overheat situation there is no there isn't anything you can do to 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 help that situation for at least two hours yeah. you, sh- you can't safely open the expansion tank cap or the radiator cap until it's cooled down and depressurized you can't safely do that for a couple and, of hours and so, there are people so, who've done that and you see this mountain of water you and see, then you see riaz our, our yeah. driver here our parts driver he he opened the expansion tank oh, cap man. on a mondeo did he get and burned he's been working in and around this trade for 25 years yeah and it melted literally melted he's got a big patch on his arm of pink yeah. skin where yeah. it melted his skin off and permanently scarred yeah he's Hospi- lucky that's all it was hospital yeah yeah if it goes on your face you're disfigured yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's, it, it, it sounds like one of those oh, yeah, health and safety mumbo jumbo. My granddad used to do it. Oh, well, I'm sure yeah. it did. Yeah. My granddad did. My granddad blew a truck battery up in his face once because he thought he knew what he was doing. And just these things happen. Yeah. But we, there is no benefit to doing anything on your vehicle, if especially when it's overheated at the yeah. side of the road. You're much better off the first thing you do, get out of the car with the engine off, get away from the car, and just call for a recovery. Yeah. You know? And that's it. And most people that have car insurance here have some form of recovery either free of charge or at a small fee through their insurance coverage yeah. so if you call your insurance company you will get recovery if you have a garage that you use whether it be us or any of the other garages that are out here they will either have their own recovery service like we did when i was at AAA, or they will be partners with one or two that do all of their work for us like we do we have two very very good reliable guys that that have taken a long time to whittle down to those two, but they're great. The, yeah. the trucks are clean. The cabins are kept clean. They speak good English. They speak good Urdu. They speak good Hindi. They can do Arabic as well. They can. They, it, we know that if we send them to a, a location, they're going to be able to handle it. Yeah. So insurance or your garage, get recovery sorted, or you know, wait 10 minutes. You will see a truck go past and try and get the number off the side of it and yeah. call the guy back. The other issue here becomes, again, with, with the folks who are pouring water maybe topping up their tank or whatever. And they say, oh, it's just a little low on coolant. And I mean, I'm I'm pedantic about you put coolant into those coolant reservoirs. You don't put water. I know you can, and as a temporary fix, but I, I'm, you know, maybe it's coming from North America. We call it, we call it our coolant antifreeze, yeah, even yeah, though we yeah. use it in the summer, but because you, you don't want to put water in there, especially if it's going to freeze in the winter because it'll freeze. And in mm. the summer, you don't want to put water in because you want it to have some cooling properties. So you use your Prestone or yep. whichever coolant brand you're, you're, you're in love with. So 
if someone just says, oh, it's just a little low, the, the bells in my head start to say, and this is from having old vehicles, if I'm losing a lot of coolant because I check daily, if I'm losing a lot of coolant, it's like, okay, where's the leak? Yeah. And having had some experience now with 2009-year model vehicles, you know, he, around the water pump is a good place to leak and you won't notice it because it evaporates yeah, yeah. around the, the the compression hose that goes into the top of the of the engine that's a good place and it might just be the hoses it needs to be tightened yeah. but again all sorts of places where the water leaks onto the engine and it evaporates so you don't see it but if your tank's going down you got a leak somewhere and again if you got a leak somewhere and you're just topping it up to get to the garage ooh, okay but really if it's got a leak, it's just going to happen again. Yeah. I mean, there's a distinction between checking the coolant every day and noticing it being low and an engine overheating. Yeah. If an engine's overheated, it's like we've said, game over, stop, don't yeah. worry about it, recover it to a garage immediately or, you know, the soonest, earliest convenience. But if the coolant level is low, but you've not had any issue, top it up. That's cool. Yeah. What we always say to people is you now need to, if you check once a week or twice a week or once every two weeks, ideally you're doing it once a week. You know, if you can make it part of maybe a weekend morning routine, whatever, it takes 20 minutes, you can check. If you notice that, okay, I'm doing that this Saturday morning and it's low, I'm going to top it up to the right level, I'm going to check again next Saturday, providing there's no trouble through the week. And if it's low again, then okay, let's go and get it checked. Now, coolant systems, as we just said, are sealed and pressurized. So the, the theory there would dictate that, well, they should never lose level. But as we've also said, they do have pressure relief <clears throat> and the pressure relief is designed to to stop more important components in the system like hoses and, and water pumps and radiators and etc bursting under pressure and head gaskets so the cap has a spring valve in it that's set to a certain load it could be anything from 1.2 bar to 1.6 1.7 bar <laughs> so it may be that the pressure relief cap is worn out. The spring isn't strong enough anymore. Mm. So it's instead of releasing at 1.4 bar, it's releasing at 1.1 bar, and it'll easily get to 1.1 bar. But, you know, that, that's not a difficult temperature to get to because we, we have to remember that water, as we know, boils at 100 degrees Celsius. So... Water in engine gets hotter than 100 degrees Celsius. It might tell you it's 90 on the dashboard. It's not. It's just that if, <laughs> if the dashboard said anywhere near 100, people would worry because everyone knows what water boils at 100, so it's yeah. going to boil off. So they show you that it's at 90, even though it isn't. But you can get up to about 103 degrees under a pressure before it boils. So when it boils is when the pressure really starts to build. So what will happen is, Usually there's a reason for that. Maybe the fan isn't working properly. And in the cooler weather or on a highway drive, you wouldn't necessarily notice that because it's able to monitor it. The pressure right. vents off every now and again. And when the pressure vents, it's venting steam. We're talking about maybe a tablespoon full of, of coolant every time it vents. And as the spring works, but these springs don't work that often. So yeah. you might find they'll work a couple of times, do their job, but then they'll stick. So they might stick. And then you'll just constantly be losing it. And it will be vapor. And you won't notice it. So you'll take it in for a leak. The garage will tell you, well, we can't. There is no leak. When we pressure tested yours, when it was leaking, we take the tap, the pressurized cap off. We replace it with a adapter that has a hose on it to a hand pump. Then right. we pump and manually fill this system with pressure. Yeah. No leak. In the case of a cap leaking, we wouldn't see a leak. Yeah. Because the cap that's leaking is not in the test. Right. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times when a, a coolant system has a leak that we don't see a leak, it turns out that it will be the cap and there is a very small cost associated with the cap. Even for a Land Rover, you know, like a premium brand, you buy a cap for 140 dirhams. Oh, okay. It's not a massive cost. Yeah. So in the event of a... I'm figuring a Yaris is much cheaper. You probably buy a Yaris for 140 dirhams. <laughs> in the, well, I wouldn't pay more than that. In the event of a car overheating to the point where the pressure relief has gone then you'd fix whatever caused it to overheat, whether that was a you know, a, a faulty radiator, water pump, thermostat, whatever it is, and change the cap yeah. anyway. Now, obviously, yours didn't overheat. Yours just had a leak on it. Yeah. And that was just a leaking seal, and that's normal, and it happens all the time. One thing that is a pain for people with 
coolant leaks is all of the rubber is the same rubber. So all of the rubber pipes are the same material. Mm. All of the plastic connections and flanges and everything, they're all the same material. And typically, they've all been put on the engine at the same time from the same factory made on the same day. So if one's going to fail, yeah. another one's <laughs> going to fail. Yeah. So customer comes in, got a coolant leak, my light's on. Typically nowadays, my warning light's on, saying coolant low. I've topped it up, but it's back on again. Can I bring it in? Of course you can. There's a hose leak in it, okay? It's the lower radiator hose. Need to change it. Change the hose. Pressure test, good. Road test, great. Two, three days later, oh, I've just spent 450 dirhams with you and I've got the same problem. I'm really sorry. What's happened? Oh, the coolant light's on. Again, I've topped it up and it's on again. Please bring it back. Let me know where you are. We'll collect it, whatever's easiest for you. Okay, there's another hose leaking. Oh, but why didn't you check that? Well, we we did. You know, it wasn't leaking then. <laughs> um, change the hose. And you almost want to change them both. Well, this is the problem, right? You've got 50 oh. hoses on the engine. Yeah, which is a problem, isn't it? Six coolant housings and <laughs> yeah. three temperature sensors and two, three thermostats sometimes. Yeah. You know, the, the, the 63 engines, the AMG engines, the 63s in the GL, the C, the E, all those. I've got a good friend down, down at Mercedes here. They take the engines out and change every hose when there's a coolant leak on one. They'll change wow. them all. Wow. Because a lot but, of them have to have the engine taken out anyway. Yeah. And if it's one of those, why are you just going to change one and take might, the engine out the next time? Yeah. And rather, it's like a 25K bill. Well, I was going to say rather price prohibitive for a lot of people. When but, it's a coolant leak, it's 25 grand. But when you're taking the engine out, because the hose is only 400 dirhams, we'll take the engine out. You've got 4K in labor. Yeah. This Mercedes. 4K in labor to do a 400 dirham hose to yeah. not change the rest because you don't want to spend 20k more yeah but you could do that six times yeah <laughs> just do it once so this don't. happens a lot and it's something else we've a bit of a favorite one of ours one of the more common sort of overheat situations oh pete from Morganbeck. one of the more common overheat situations is oil and water mixing yes and when the water and the oil then you emulsify everything it's too thick to get through the radiator and the water pump can't pump it so it overheats the engine very very quickly those coolant hoses are designed for coolant not oil right so then the hoses go soft so what is already a potentially six seven eight ten thousand dirham repair to do one potentially two oil coolers plus flushing plus a water pump, plus a thermostat, plus a radiator, plus any hoses that we do find that are completely failed, you then have the situation of, do we change all the hoses? Yeah. Or, you know, it's okay that we can preempt this, and obviously from hearing me speak, you're going to understand that we've seen it a lot, and we try and explain this to people, but I don't think people really understand and appreciate the inconvenience of the time this is going to happen is when you don't want it to. Yeah, exactly. Right? And if we don't repair everything today, I understand and I wouldn't on my car. Right? If it's yeah. okay now, leave it. But it, there will come a time when something's going to gonna fail because the, the hoses that have had oil in shouldn't have had oil in and they go exactly. soft. Yeah. Um, so when you've had one coolant leak, especially something like a hose, the chances are you will get more and you you can speak to that you've had two jeeps same yeah. age for 14 years and you'll know that when one's gone on one the one's gone on the other one yeah and if one goes there's another one's going to go now there are hoses that are under more pressure than others right so for example the return hose to an expansion tank is under very little pressure relative to the hose that runs between the v on a v engine that's at the back of the water pump under the maximum amount of pressure and that's another one you know you have an intake manifold to take off and all sorts of other components on the modern intake manifold in order to get to a main water pump feed hose off the under the, in between the V on an engine. And some of them, like if there's a, if it's a big V8 or a, a V10 on some of the Audis, you got to take the front end off to access that. Man. So these are big jobs. Yeah. Again, you're, you're hitting a, a 20,000 Durham bill. You can potentially to do the job right. And obviously working in a dealer, we had... We had everything at our fingertips. It was very, 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 very rare that nothing was fixed in-house. And when we couldn't, it went to the factory and said, well, we've done everything we can. And, you know, there's some sort of wizardry at play. 
please come and help us. We'll get the brat versed in. That happened very rarely, but it did sometimes happen. But when when you have a situation where our only issues were not fixing them, it was making sure they didn't come back. We were marked and measured on return to workshop, they called it. First time fix initially and then return to workshop. So the problem with that grading system was, as I've just mentioned, a car comes in engine light on. We fix it because it had a faulty ignition coil. Yeah. Comes back two weeks later, engine light on. But it's a camshaft position sensor, it's oh, or a cooler yeah. temperature sensor yeah. or something. But it, the, to the customer, yeah, the engine light is on and it's down on power. <laughs> right. So it's the exact same issue. But it isn't. But it isn't. And this is the, the this is the problem with coolant leaks because you know we've had cars where we send them back after fixing a coolant leak, and then the customer's called and said, "I've got water under my car. You've not fixed it." That's just your AC condensation. I'm more than happy to send somebody over to just put your mind at rest. I'll come myself. If I, you know, let me know where you are. Because people panic. We we washed a car and delivered it back a couple of weeks ago after doing a coolant leak. And they'd washed it, obviously water washed it, and the water had pooled inside one of the intake um, grills on the bottom of the yeah. bumper. And as they'd taken the vehicle off the truck, it'd run back in. And then as they'd driven it on the drive, it's just slowly then dripped out. So the customer's gone out, not to water dripping, but to a wet patch. Yeah. And he was like, well, it can't be AC because it wasn't running. You delivered it on a truck. It's like, okay, no problem. We'll come over and, you know, it's just water from the bumper. But you're going to be vigilant because oh, yeah, yeah. this guy's broken down on the road two days ago. And yeah. I don't want that. He's really thinking, I've got family. I've yeah, got, you yeah know, exactly. Yeah. So these, yeah. Are, these are all the things that, you know, sometimes this conversation we've just had, literally with a customer every single time to explain and understand. And it's not a matter of upsell because obviously I, like I've just said, if I have a hose leak on my car, I will change that hose. Yeah. Screw the rest. I'll change them when they leak. A little bit easy for me to say that because I come to work at a garage every day. Not everybody has that luxury, but I understand it. But it, it is frustrating for a customer, if not explained properly, that why are you doing this? You know, you're supposed mm-hmm. to fix it and you haven't. I got, I got another one. This is, uh, I, I, this is another personal story getting into the car on the weekend and the other thing that I like to do is is keep my tire pressure in check so I'm at the service station putting some air in I don't I at, at this point in my life I'm not sure why I don't have a compressor at home but I don't <laughs> and I keep saying to the wife we got to get a compressor and my wife keeps saying can't we just go to the garage it's like yeah it's like, yeah so then why do we need to go and buy a compressor it's like you, you got a point but yeah. it would be nice to have one yeah and I'm I, you know, I, I'm at the air compressor at the garage and I put the thing on and I notice it's like taking a long time to fill this tire up. So I poke my head up to see what the pressure's at and it's really low. And I'm looking at the tire, which didn't appear to be low and I'm going, oh man. So I fill it up, go for, you know, drive, finish what we're doing, get out my pressure gauge, test it and say, oh, it's overnight. I test it the next morning to see, you know, what, what's the scenario here. It's lost about two pounds oh, slow leak so take a look there's a screw right in the middle so nice location just a small screw easy to repair easy to repair so i go to the service station around the corner from the house oh you didn't use chewing gum uh, i did think about that yeah, yeah. But, but i go to the service station around the house thinking you know okay like just let's get this fixed and the guys come out and the first thing they do is they say look yeah it's going to cost you thirty-seven fifty. i'm going okay uh, and they, they have that resiny stuff, right? And so before they even start, I say, hold on a second, you, you, don't, you can't patch here? And they go, oh, no, no, we don't patch, but you can do this. And so 3750 is cheap. And the guy's got his you know little water thing, and he's trying, and I say, hold on a second, okay, I, I have no issue with the 3750. How long is this going to last? And he's going, he doesn't want to say. And I'm going, look, I'm not going to come back at you. He says, and the one guy says, well, I've had that last as long as a year, but it's temporary this. So I say, okay, temporary fix. Okay, good. I got no issues with that. But I said, if I then take my car to the garage, you know, to Sandance or they patch it. are they going to be willing to pull that out and do the job? And he said, maybe, but probably not. And at that moment I'm going, oh, really? Hmm. 
soul away another day because I then go to the next garage up the road that does do that because it's close to the house. At which point I'm, I'm constantly thinking, do I just call the Sandance call out team? And, you know, although I'm thinking it's probably not economical for them to drive out and patch tire. <laughs> yeah. But so I wait the next day, I go back up to the, the thing and, you know, it's a lot more expensive to get a plug put in a tire. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Mean, there's, there's a lot more work involved on it. Yeah, and they've yeah. got to rebalance the tire. So yeah, you get yeah. the rebalancing cost. You know, someone's got to have a little bit of expertise on. It's a good 30-minute job to do one part. It, and that's what it took. And, you know, so, you know, I ended up paying for it. But it was it was a textbook case. It was right in the center of the tire. There had been no other patches put on it before. It was an easy fix. It was a small screw. So it was fine. And the guy said, look, this will last. As long as the tire. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're good yeah. to go. And it was... It w- and all I kept thinking was, how many people are going for the quick fix? They're going to end up buying a new tire within a year, probably. And if they do try to go to get a patch, those guys probably aren't going to do it mm. because it's just going to gum up their yeah. devices. Yeah. It's, it, the temporary, the, we sort of call them licorice sticks. Those yeah. those things are good to keep in your car, you know, so that if you're ever stuck somewhere and your tire's flat and you, yeah. you, you know, you just want to side the road. Yeah. Do a family trip. They they should last. They should do twelve months. You know, yeah. but you can't tell people that. No, and that it, when that's what he it, told it, me. All said, you like, ever say is it's temporary. You know, it will will it'll hold air. Yeah, don't know what it'll do if it deflates again. That's the way we sort of play it with people. Um, you know, you can buy these things from any hardware store, even supermarkets. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Car- Carrefour sells them. Yeah, yeah. So I so we got it done right, and you know it was fine. Yeah. They're, look, they they are okay. The tire shop a couple of doors down from us, they do a lot of commercial stuff and and big trucks, big buses. Me and DJ were over there one day. We would actually gone to buy some patches, and they said oh, we don't do the patches. No, okay, <laughs> they don't do patches. And on the side where they were working, there was a tire. It must have been off the bus yeah. with a hole in it, easily the size of well, e- easily an inch and a half, two inches wow. there, man, with like. 20 of these licorice sticks next to each other <laughs> where they tried to make it work no like what are you doing guys no. so yeah. people are you know at it, times you get right i mean that tire is 2k yeah somebody that's you know operating a, yeah, a yeah. bus under his own steam 2k is like it's profit for the month yeah so i get it it yeah. happens but the problem is you aren't going to be Safety. riding a bus around anywhere if you uh crash because your tire blows out yeah safety so yeah just just a quick one which was interesting this week on the petrol station car wash places so we've talked about don't blast cold water all over your brakes under your engine stuff like that which is and it's it's hard to do because you go in for that wash and the guy's got a presser washer try going to that with a convertible with no roof (laughs) the guy just looks he doesn't know what to do (laughs) i forgot you've not put your windows back in (laughs) yeah i I never do now i just leave them out because yes 52 degrees of global warming this year. Um, so a lady called me on Friday, 6.30, typical. And I'd just come out of the gym. I was on my way home. Oh, Glenn, I need your help. I'm really sorry to call you so late. I know it's Friday. You can't, probably can't do much for me, but I've just taken my car to the car wash and they've washed underneath it and everything was great. And then as I've reversed out of it, I've got no brakes and my pedal goes to the floor. Oh, no. I was like, yeah. Was it a pressurized wash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've damaged your brake hose. Or if your brakes were really worn, which I don't think they were because you have a warning light on your car, they've blown one of the pads out. But more likely they've damaged your brake hose because they've seen the brake pad come out. Um. Oh, what do I do? I was like, look, you need to get them to look, put it up on the lift. Is it one with a service station as well with mechanics? Yeah, okay. Ask them to have a look at it and just ask the supervisor from the car wash to to sort you out this is a peugeot rcz so there's nice. like no parts anywhere <laughs> it's friday afternoon so yeah. there's no one open yeah, anyway yeah. yeah and lo and behold the hose is in there there's a nick in the hose where the pressure washer just caught the hose and, and blown a hole in it she called me back yeah that's what's happened i was like that'll happen all the time it'll definitely happen all the time just ask them to sort it for you yeah there's a guy that will come out and repair the hose. I'm sure they know somebody. This must have happened to them before. Anyway, Saturday afternoon gets a phone call. Oh, they said they were going to fix it and they were going to pay for it. And now the the manager's just called me and basically bullied, tried to bully me down the phone saying it's not their fault. My car's an old car. And it's happened because of that. And uh, they're not paying for it. 
they're not fixing it. The part's 30 days order from Peugeot and it's 400 dirhams. It's like, all I can do is say either push this and make a case against somebody about it or yeah. bring it to me, we'll fix it. We're closed today, bring it tomorrow, Sunday. So anyway, she brings it in initially saying, well, bring it in, please. And then Peugeot need to make an assessment because I've made a police report and they need an assessment from Peugeot to say that the car wash had caused it. It has to be from Peugeot. Yeah, okay. Peugeot won't do that. Peugeot yeah. won't put the blame on anybody. So and then she calls me back. Can you just fix it? But will you <laughs> make the engineer's report about it? I said, I'm not going to say anybody's physically done this, but I will explain why this is damaged externally rather than internally. So on the brake flexible hose, they expand and bulge, and we change them for that reason mostly. When they do that from the inside, then when they finally burst, the, the material sort of frays out yeah. so you can see that it's burst from the inside. This just had a perfect clean cut in it with no material exposed, no misshaped hose. The hose external structure has like ribs in it and they were straight. They weren't yeah. warped like it had been bulged. So it's just from the, the pressure. Yeah, I mean, these things will do, like an industrial pressure washer, which they must have, these things will do, what, 2,000 PSI? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 140 bar? Yeah. It cut, yeah I, I cut, nearly cut DJ's Andrew's finger off once washing some wheels, and he grabbed the wheel as I was washing it, and I didn't pay attention and nearly blew the end of his finger off. Wow. Like, this isn't, this not, and he had, he had a big, big blister of just water where it had gone into his skin and under his skin. Yeah. These things are ridiculous. So they were just really close. He's, under, he's you know, and I, and look, the guy's just trying to get the brake no, dust no, exactly, off. Exactly. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, my well, issue as a as a business owner was it's not ideal to have to pay 400 dirhams for more no. hose, but you don't need to buy a new one you can repair the existing one with a hose repair which is what we've had to do but even if you think it's dubious that it's your mistake just customer service you know oh, yeah. it's not life changing they're not asking you to buy them a new car and then put a training protocol in where we don't yeah. wash brakes yeah. underneath the car with a pressure washer well and and like you said, this is not the first time this happened. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. No, the lady's actually doing some training. I can't remember what she was training for, and she she actually does sound healing as some of the things she does. Fantastic. She does lots of other stuff, but yeah, yeah. that's one of the things she does. She was on the training course, and one of the people on the training course was a an Emirati gentleman who owns a string of car washers, okay. non branded, just yeah, yeah. got a location with a few guys washing cars in it. And he says, yeah, this happens to me every week. You know, we get a brake hose damaged or we'll yeah. get a ABS sensor damaged or we'll get something. And we try to say to guys, look, don't do it under there. But then obviously staff leave and new come in yeah. and you forget to train them. And yeah, yeah. this happens in you know, the real world. And, um, so it, keep, keep this in mind. Yeah, definitely. When you, when you take your car for a wash, I mean, washing the brakes on the outside with the pressure washers is not very much exposed, really. Now, if you've got a silly... 22 inch set of rims on a car that's got tiny brakes because it's got a 1.5 VTEC in it then you could blow through the gaps in the alloys and damage the the, the, the sensor wiring or the brake flexi but typically from external on top you're not going to damage anything yeah. but when you're underneath everything under there it's like the underbelly of the car it's yeah. very delicate there's a lot of stuff under there you don't need to be giving 200 you know yeah. 2000 PSI to so yeah just just Bear that in mind. We've talked about the temperature issue before, but this one's more. I never even thought of this. Noticeable, the like this is, as soon as she said it, like my foot's gone to the fire, and I knew, you know, it's like, yeah. yeah. Sorry about that, but that's what's happened. Yeah, yeah. So, so all solved. Them? All solved now. Yeah, the car they've got cars over there, and um, the lady said to me before she picks it up yesterday, she says, "Oh well, I was driving around with my friend the other day, and he, uh -huh. he dropped his phone under the seat." And he then bent over to pick it up, and as soon as he pulled the phone out from under the seat, my airbag light came on. And there's a fault in the memory for the for the passenger side airbag, passenger side side airbag, which is the one in the seat bolster. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's probably just disturbed one of the connections yeah. under there, so they're just going to take the seat out and make, check check all the wiring and make sure it's okay. Yeah. So yeah, one but thing then leads to another. Maybe this is fortuitous that those cars, the back window, is shaped. There's like a like a ridge in the middle of it, yeah. domed on either side of. And if you jack them up unevenly, so they twist on the ramp, those windows crack. Oh, nice. And they're like 
twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, and try getting one of those. No, in. Got, not, not got one here. They got yeah. flaming breakers. <laughs> got those on the shelf, have they? So yeah, ridiculous. Oh man, you, you I want to I want to jump just quickly into original. You know your your first thoughts on the the Kushak Skoda Kushak. Is yeah. that how we? You you sent me some wonderful video that you were driving this and you you loved it this is a yeah, yeah. the skoda's version of the t-rock which is an entry-level yeah t-rock or t-cross whichever T-Cross, market okay. you're in i think right. is the same car isn't it but it's great i mean look let me frame it just for a second these things are not the easiest vehicle to find they are in a couple of markets but yeah you can't get them from alien you can you can get them from alien sons here but I think they're order, yeah. They and they've been ordered for fleets for yeah. rentals and stuff like that. I'm not sure that the average Joe can go in and so they're yeah a lot of he a lot of fleet customers. Yeah, I think they've just been designed for rental companies. Yeah. Uh, big big sales in India. They they come in at about sixty eight nine hundred sixty eight thousand nine hundred dirhams. So do the calculation three point six seven to the American Which is dollar. Nothing. When and, I when I was in the UK twelve years ago, we were selling base yeah. level polos for that. And when you when you start looking at what do you get for that, we'll go through a little bit about what's what's in this vehicle. But here they're selling them five year unlimited mileage warranties, three year service contract, three year premium roadside assistance. So they obviously trust the vehicle if you're getting five years unlimited mileage warranty and you're using them as fleet vehicles. Listen, right, we have this same yeah. thing in the UK all the time. One point five liter, hundred and fifty horsepower the engine. Older version. For many reasons, but the Skoda version of the VW and the Seat comes out last. Right. And there's a lot of reasons for that. They need to be as economical with the production as possible because the price point's lower because people have this ridiculous stigma attached to Skoda. Yeah. But that also means as a sort of consequence of that, they are way more reliable. All the problems yeah. have been ironed out. Yeah. <laughs> and the first entry, like an entry level, like, an entry level, I guess the the best example would be, and it's not relevant to this market, unfortunately, but the entry level Volkswagen at the time, the Volkswagen Up. I never even heard of one of those. So it's the tiny little thing. Now, Seat did a Mi, MII. Skoda did a City Go, I think it was called, something like that. The Up came first, then the Seat, then the Skoda. So, But the entry, entry, entry level of the of the Up was like, nine thousand pounds or something crazy wow. like really cheap but by the time we got to the skoda all of those materials have been done away we've improved yeah. again so the very basic skoda one was better than the very basic volkswagen one yeah. but it was cheaper than it I can imagine and they're reliable because all the problems have been ironed out we yeah. had you know i i don't i know where it comes from because especially where we live you know i mentioned yeah. before i've had a good friend who tried to get him to buy a Kia Stinger and the first question he asked me after looking at it was can you remove the badges for me and fill the holes in yeah <laughs> if it matters to you what people think about you in the car you're driving then great that's fine each to their own but the Skoda this Kushak for the money that you pay for it there's only one criticism of it All right, one criticism here we and go drum roll it's a 1.5 4 cylinder this yeah. one it's 150 horsepower which you know okay but in a small vehicle i think you really need a turbo mm. you really need to have that oomph. a little bit more power you really need to have that oomph to get going now there's the three cylinder one liter which volkswagen group have done for a long time the up had that which has a turbo on it which has 115 horsepower, but I guarantee you that will feel better than the 1.5 in yeah. terms of getting going from lights or trying to overtake traffic. Yeah. Once it's going, it's fine, this 1.5. It's no problem whatsoever. But, but you don't have that pickup. You don't it. have it. Like, And driving, if you're going to pass, is it, again, you've got the same kind of thing, you just need a little bit more. See, the thing room. with it is I drive a van. I drive a two-liter petrol, 115 horsepower van around all the time. It feels like the van. Okay. So that's is, but again, it's a car at a price point. Yeah. So for me, you're getting everything quality-wise that you get from a VW and an Audi and a Seat, 
typically you just have the Skoda badge on it and for whatever reason they won't do away with that silly chrome <laughs> silly <laughs> grill on the front which I, makes all I the cars look like old yeah, men yeah cars, i love that i love that chrome which is what a lot of people but i'm an like. old man so so i you know i've i've i would well, I want to I want to jump into some of those features that you love. Yeah. First of all, full size spare tire, spare wheel. <laughs> it's a full size. Twenty twenty three. You open it up it. and it's there. You're like giddy. Yeah, yeah. You're dancing around. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like the the dash. So it's mm. got a. So not really. It's, it doesn't have that little plush plasticky VW. No, there's no build. soft touch on it. it no. This is hardcore plastic, but it wasn't shiny. And you know, you're knocking on it. And I'm going, yeah, I live with that. It was finished. It was yeah. just the sort of you know the scratchy stuff. It's just. Yeah. Not it's not premium. It isn't no. that is that is but where it, it, premium it, field dies away. But yeah. the, the everything from the dash backwards is is brilliant. Really, really premium. The the other thing that you you highlighted, and this is one you know, if you're in a, a vehicle for more than twenty minutes and you're driving, you you know, you might decide to go rodeo style. So you got one hand up on the steering wheel. What do you do with the other hand? In a lot of less expensive vehicles, you're you're there's nothing, and this one's got a little hand. It's got a little elbow rest. Yeah, yeah. Center armrest. Yeah. yeah, front center armrest. Very yeah. rare. Good, good spec. And in that armrest is rear AC vents. Wow. Two USB C charge ports. So well. again, they've they've thought about this. Yeah, they've for played. the back seats. Yeah. You you were sitting in the front seat. You tried it out, and there was lots of spacious. Room. So I sat in the passenger seat. Yeah. Put the seat to a position that I could sit okay and then i got out of it without moving the seat and i could sit behind the seat wow in the back now i wouldn't have been saying let's all drive to fajera but but i could have done the school run or you know yeah. got to work and back yeah so yeah and the steering wheel thing of beauty <laughs> I know. for a modern day steering wheel it was like yes no haptic controls on it yeah. it's got cruise control yeah. this is a seventy thousand dirham brand new car it's got cruise control, a spare wheel, an armrest. All the controls on the steering wheel are sensible. All the switches feel nice and are well appointed. It's got Apple and Android Connect on They'll the work. CarPlay built in from the factory. Maps on it, charge points, five full seats with full seat belts, yeah. as many airbags as you could shake a stick at. And it was like, is this really 70K? Why are people not buying these? Yeah. Like, seriously, why is nobody... Now, I know why, because I've had a conversation where I won't name the person, but it's a close person to me, and I've said, yeah, yeah, we'll buy one. I'm not driving a Skoda. Yeah. It's a Kushak. It's even got a good name. It's I'm a Kushak. I'm not driving a Skoda. The Kushak. I mean, you, I, can't, I can't remember what the name of the of the Tuareg sort of Skoda Tuareg is. I can't the, remember the name of the it. Eddie. No, no, the Yeti DJ's dad had a Yeti. That's the big square box one. They're so cool. Yeah. Proper car. <laughs> but the, the Tuareg one, I'll probably look at it for it now, is like 170K brand new. Mm. And it's fully appointed. I like the class seats you also had. which And, and the, the color scheme on it. It looked nice. It just looked yeah. like a, a wonderful Kodiak. big... Skoda oh, Kodiak. the Kodiak. That's right. It's the Kodiak bear. Yeah, Skoda Kodiak, yeah. which the new Tuareg is a beautiful car. Yeah. I mean, to me, like... <laughs> it's a great car but the 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 Tuareg is okay so this is a US site so that's not great but the Tuareg is entry level $67,000 to $100,000 top spec the Kodiak entry level is $46,000 top spec 77000 that top spec on that Kodiak will be exactly if not there might be something on it, it might not have self park or something but Good it will price. be almost exactly the same Why as the buy a Skoda? and it's twenty two thousand dollars less. Yeah, just get the Skoda, be done with it. Like, hey, you know what? I I encourage people to head over to that the Skoda dealer, take a look around, kick some tires. Great value, yeah, great great value. And and the Kushak, as you said, nice entry level vehicle. But we we've we I, there's a lot of Chinese cars out there, yeah, that are doing good things at the minute. Like the MG, for example, the MG. I think it's the they call it the MG, I think it's the the 4E or the 4M or something like that in the UK it's available. And it's like a sort of small car, compact size, like the sort of mini sort of size. The equivalent mini electric vehicle does 170 miles, I think. Don't quote me, but I think it's about right yeah. on a full charge. The MG one, which is £5,000 less than the mini, does 280. <laughs> yeah. How? How? So, <laughs> you know, whilst... 
I'm not telling everyone to go and buy a Chinese car. My point there is that looking at a car at a price point, the Chinese cars, from from my experience, limited as it may be, and people that have driven them have always been happy, and I thought yeah. they've been okay. But you can get the same with a proven known, and it's Volkswagen Engineering yeah. with a Skoda. Why wouldn't you? And there's not that many here, so you're never going to have a problem getting in the service centre, are you? No. no. It's not like ringing to get your Volkswagen in, and it's like, yeah, we'll see you in three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, bring it in today, sir, no problem. So, I, I, I mean, I, Ian... I hope you're happy with my plug for Skoda's there, but, you know, it really doesn't, it just makes so much sense. Yeah, there we go. I, I keep saying I got to go drop into that Skoda dealership and just, I really must. And, you know, take some, take the recording equipment and, and just have a chat. But yeah, we got to do it. Just go check them out. And you'll, you'll really like it. And how long do you have this uh, Skoda for? Kind used... of indefinitely at the minute. Okay. So it was a bit of a favor for favor sort of thing. Somebody needed something. I needed a car. So... We just say, hey, I take it for a few days. I mean, to rent it on a daily basis, you'd probably be paying 150 dirhams a day, which these days isn't bad. Um, but, you know, you take it for a month, you probably pay 2,000 dirhams or something, right. 2,500 dirhams. I'm not advocating for car rentals. Of course I'm not. But what I'm saying is people unsure about cars. There are a lot of these cars, especially entry-level cars that you're thinking of, that are available for rent. And there's nothing wrong with going and renting one before you buy it. Yeah, I I'm, I encourage that. Go and yeah. give it a drive. Yeah. I mean, I would a long term drive because it's one thing to drive something for a day or two after a week, and I've done that in the past with with car testing. You know, two days I I love the car. A week I don't want to drive the car anymore. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 best sort of example I can give is if if we wanted to go electric. And we needed a car with six seats. We'd have gone and bought an ID seats because I've been like, it's a VW, I'll buy it. Yeah. I like the look of it. It's cool. The color's great. I like it. But having driven it, I would never buy one. Yeah. And that's the sort of mistake you can avoid, you know. And and so I know this isn't the same sort of price range, but it's still a significant amount of money, whether yeah. it's only 70,000 yeah, dirhams or 70, not. It's 70,000 dirhams, which I haven't got. Well, else I, I would have bought one. Yeah. But the point is, if you are going to buy a car, you can buy a cheap car that's, um, you know, got over a century of heritage with its engineering. Yeah. And forget the name, ignore the grill. You can't see the front grill when you're in it. You're fine. And just enjoy driving the car. For me, you know, I'm not saying one second that the Skoda Kodiak is better than the Volkswagen Touareg. And I'm not saying that I think the Kodiak looks better than the Touareg. Because again, I don't think it does. But it's good effectively, the same car yeah. for almost half the price yeah. so go check out the kushak five seater suv and give it a run glenn we got to pack things up gotta do it take a look at the powerworks garage instagram page they post up a lot of content it's going to keep you very happy give them a, a shout if you've got some questions glenn is always available or his team to have a conversation thanks to the folks over at 100.3 if you've got questions and you're listening in your car fire them through the station they'll fire them through to us and we will get them on one of our future shows and it's it's been a blast thank you very much for doing this powerworks is the podcast glenn power from powerworks garage i'm james pikeaway and we will do it all again really really soon thanks for listening <laughs>